Hey everyone, welcome to the Arsaholics podcast. Uh, a few days after the final game of the season and reflecting on it, you've got myself and Aaron and the same combo that was doing the last episode, I think, but this time back to our normal um, host and attendee, pundit, whatever you want to call it, that the 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 original kind of formation. So, the um, original hey, formation, Aaron. the classic 4 4 2. Yeah, yeah. we're plan A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, plan A. plan A. How's it going, Aaron? Yeah. You good? Uh, yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Uh, very sad the season is over. Um, yeah, I, I just, because I think it hit me Monday when we woke up. And um, it was just like, that hit me too. Um, but certainly, um, just the fact that I, the first thing I did was look up when the new season starts. I think it's like the 11th of August and then counted basically how many weekends till football is back. Now, when's our first preseason game? I think the preseason starts mid, like early July. But then. I'm sure there's games in June, bro. Oh, you think there is? Maybe. I think there is. I don't know. I don't really. Uh, I'm never really too interested in preseason from a watching games perspective. But um, I can inform you that i think there is 11 weekends till the premier league is back so the countdown starts now okay well right now we've only got three confirmed fixtures and they are all in the middle of july you are correct so um i don't know why i just have a feeling that games usually start towards june but i guess the guys will be back in training um in three weeks or so i imagine what's the yeah just when you said that the other thing that trick i just to trigger the thought that if Man City win the FA Cup, I guess we'll have a Community Shield game against them too, right? We'll have a Community Shield, we will, we will. Oh, we, we can go to Wembley, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, went up for it. I remember like someone saying, I can't remember who it was when I was reflecting on the. Oh yeah, it's one of the guys at work. One of the guys at work is a season ticket holder, and um, and he was like, "Yeah, I can't be asked for the Community Shield." I really like the Community Shield. I really enjoy it as a day out. Uh, yeah, I think it's fun to go to. I. I don't often watch it, but I think I watched it last time because I think, was it Man City versus, I can't remember who it was against, to be honest, but um tempted to say, was that the year Leicester won it? So was it Man City v Leicester? I'm not sure. Um, but that was Haaland's first like domestic game before the season. Started. Oh, no, that was, that's Liverpool. That was because New- Liverpool won. Yeah, remember it was like remember the feeling after that game because Haaland missed a sitter and Nunes I think scored and assisted. I want to say. Oh and yeah, and everyone whole, thought Haaland was rubbish. Yeah, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> look who got the better player!" Fuck me, yeah. how wrong was <laughs> anyone who felt that? Geez, that game the opposite of the fucking season of that that panned out. That's crazy. Um, yeah, <laughs> but madness. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, no, but it will be fun. I think by that point you're usually quite desperate to. If you go to games regularly, you're quite desperate to go to a game. And actually, yeah. it's Man City. It'll be at Wembley. It'll be sunny. It'll be a nice day out. Um, and it'll be a chance to you know see the, the players in the flesh. I remember a Community Shield game that I went to Wembley, I think. I can't remember who it was, but I remember Kolasinac was playing his first game. And he looked incredible. And I was convinced this guy was like the future of of Arsenal left backs for the next 10 years. It was, it was like that free transfer. Um, I remember thinking he was like incredibly astute at the time. And I, what, he he did score, didn't he? 
He scored. Did he score? He might yeah, scored, I think he scored. Yeah. I think he scored. I think with a header. It was like a cross came in, and I think with a header. And and that that set a trend, didn't it? Because he was he was he was scoring quite a few games, doing really well. He was like this real force. Yeah. Jeez, how things changed. And then he just got figured out, and he became rubbish for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, he got really bad. He got really bad really quickly, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, really I can't, I can't really, I can't figure out how that because I remember when we signed him. <laughs> sorry, we're, we're like really going way off agenda right now, just reflecting like on post, seasons gone. Content. Yeah, I know, like whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, folks, this is just real indulgent postseason content. Yeah, because um, I remember it, it kind of because we signed him, and then it it was we we thought that we might be getting a new manager around that time. Do you remember? And it was, mm. and and everyone thought, and there was rumors around Allegri joining. And if Allegri joined, then, you know, people were talking about maybe going to, um, you know, three at the back and Kalasanach played wing back in that system for Schalke like that season. And so it was like, oh, this is a sign, you know, we're bringing yeah. in like this, you know, and it was, um, it was an astute signing though at the time, right? Because it was a free transfer and he was left back in the, he was in team of the season, I think, in the Bundesliga that season. Yeah, yeah. he we paid a decent amount of money for him i think it's a free transfer mate was it actually a brother i thought you sure yeah oh i remember it was like okay. really astute i'm pretty sure it's free transfer i'm okay. pretty sure i've got that right it's fine we'll figure this out in the collateral special that we'll do <laughs> yeah. we've now committed to that um Cool. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> sorry. Get back on topic. Yeah, Jerry, <laughs> I would really look forward to the Community Shield if we if, if we do get to play it, actually, because it's also that thing where if you win the Community Shield, you're really quite happy, actually. But if you lose, you don't care. Yeah, yeah. It's um, Whatever. yeah, it's a bit of a weird one because yeah, I think either way, you'll be like, if you win it, you'll be like, oh yeah, it's a community shield and people say it counts as a trophy and you know we win something else we'll say we did the double that year and <laughs> but then if you don't win it then it. yeah it's no a cultural cares. thing because Jurgen Klopp spoke about that a while ago didn't, didn't you remember where he was basically saying he's so confused that in England people don't think that the charity shield is a big deal because he was saying in Germany it's a massive deal it's like you, you, he's like you know it's the team that wins the league against a team that wins the cup, like that is a big fixture. Yeah. Like that's a genuine trophy. He's like, everyone here doesn't really rate it. Why, why do you think that is? I don't know. I think they, cause they keep changing the name and you know, it used to be called the charity shield. I remember like a couple of charity shield games like, in the nineties against Man United when I was a kid and that they were really fun games. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think it's just, it kind of gets in the way of, a few things. I don't know if I mean if we if we make the charity shield, does that mean the um, Emirates Cup is not happening? That's the real question. That's the real one because I mean they're probably equally weighted trophies in theory, but like, <laughs> I, it's not been advertised the Emirates Cup, and I think you're probably right. I think that might be what it's a bit late to organise an international tournament, though, isn't it? Like if you haven't got it in the diary yet, I presume other teams have tried to you know hunker down on what their fixtures are going to be. Um, yeah, I reckon it's one of those where. If we make it, or, or if we make it, but I guess if Man City make it, then they'll just bin it off. Otherwise, they'll probably have someone in reserve ready. We'll find out in a week, I guess. The thing is also, if you look at the fixtures that have been confirmed, right? So we've got the MLS All-Stars on the 20th of July, then Man United on the 22nd of July, 
and then Barcelona on July the 26th. Ah, okay. So I don't know what room there is really for an Emirates Cup there. But hey, you know, who knows? Who knows? Whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm equally I'm equally looking forward to this break as I am the season restarting. And I think, you know, part of that is because it feels like it's been an enjoyable season, hasn't it? Well, Whatever. Incredible. incredible. Yeah. yeah, incredible. And I think I feel I've made peace with the fact that we didn't win the league now. Um, I feel really happy after our last game of the season because there was just so much positivity in that stadium, wasn't there? That that was probably my big takeaway feeling from that day, the love in that stadium for what the players and the coaching staff have achieved. What, did you feel the same way? Yeah, I I think it's ba- basically what you said. I think a lot of fans have made peace by that game. And, um, and I think, to be honest, it was probably the... I don't think I've ever enjoyed a dead rubber as much as I have <laughs> enjoyed that one, right? Like, there was... I think the four 0 against Everton last year. That was, mm. I mean, even then there was a still a very very small hope that we could, you know, if I think Spurs had lost to Norwich, or mm. something, we could have made top four. So that was maybe tinged with a little bit of disappointment. But um, yeah, this was just really fun. Like it was a nice day out. Uh, everyone was in good spirits, <laughs> mainly because people have been drinking in the sun for many many hours before, which always mm-hmm. helps. And the atmosphere was, honestly, it was like really really good it mm. felt it felt like a proper like a game yeah like a, like, a, <laughs> like a big big like big league game um so yeah and it was good the atmosphere was really good the and then, then you know everyone was there for a story right everyone was there to say like say goodbye to granite Xhaka. that was a narrative for it and the fact that he not only scored one but scored two which apparently is the first time in his career he's ever scored two goals um no way in a, sing- in a single game oh, yeah in a single game um so for him this is basically like a hat trick um <laughs> so the should fact that he did that and yeah he should have got, got a hat trick you're right so the fact that he did that uh just it was a nice day Saka scored and then we had the lap of honor the incredible reception for Mikel Arteta at the end which I thought was um was so loud that, you know he had to he basically couldn't speak for a couple of minutes because everyone was just singing his name um so yeah, it was just real good fun, good vibes, and it, it's a. It was a really nice way to end what is a a very very good season in the Premier League, and I think that's what this team deserved. I think I said it last week that it would be a real shame if this team wasn't allowed to go out on high um, for this season. So I'm really glad this team got the send off it deserves and the recognition from the fans that. Um, we did good this year Definitely. and then we almost almost did something incredible it would have quite. meant a lot to the players don't you think and and the manager and the coaching staff the reaction they got in that game like it was they must know that the fans would have been really disappointed at how the the, the season ended and and you, you never know like you know they they may have been thinking yeah i know that the fans are disappointed but did they feel that we really 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 let them down. Um, but I think they would have walked away from the Emirates on Sunday night, really feeling that there was not that sense within the fan base that was there. Um, the way that we applauded the lap of honour, the way that we were cheering during the game, 
the way that, like you mentioned, Arteta could barely say a word of his speech because it was just so loud. I'm really proud of our fan base because I feel like even though that was genuine, yeah, and I, and you know it wasn't like everyone had this ulterior motive to try and motivate the team necessarily. I feel like it was just a really genuine reaction from the fans. It's important because I really think it'll make a difference to those guys going into pre going into this end of season break, being able to switch off, but also thinking, bloody hell, like they believe in us. They really, really believe in us. And like and and it'll make them feel really motivated, I think, when they come back next season, particularly these young guys. And and Arteta I count Arteta in that as well. Arteta probably feels you know, the fans back him, that probably means a lot to him in the dressing room as well, you know, like thinking about, you know, where the players kind of, because, you know, the players start thinking the fans aren't backing the manager, all that kind of nonsense. I think it was a really great, a great vibe and, and send off. Yeah, I think there's this like, there's this, what's the word, like a symbiotic relationship, right? Good Which use of symbiotic. Yeah, really good use. Yeah. yeah, probably the fastest and only time I use it this year. I use um, it all the time, all yeah. the time at work, sometimes doesn't even require me to use the word symbiotic. Yeah, you just say it. Like, what are you just having for it. lunch? It's a great like, word. Symbiotic. There's like rice and curry, <laughs> symbiotic <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, it's like, look, the players feed off the fans, the fan feed off players. And, you know, we've been sold this thing about, I've said this before, we've been sold this thing about we're on a journey, we're on a project. And not many teams actually pull it off. Right? Mm. Like, uh, they usually sack their manager before they get a chance to actually see if it works. And mm. yeah, we had that. There was a period where Arteta was, you know, his position was in doubt, right? Because he, we were two years into that project and we were languishing around eighth and everyone was like, what the hell's going on? And I don't really see it in terms of results. Like we could see it in the performance, we could see it in terms of what he was trying to do, but it wasn't coming off. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we get close to, I think we get close to Europe in his first full season, but we narrowly miss out. Then we easily get Europe, but we narrowly miss out on the Champions League. Then we easily get the Champions League, but we narrow, like qualify for the Champions League, but we narrowly miss out on the league. So I think everyone's just really excited about like what happens next season now. Like if we keep improving, do we win the league and narrowly miss out on the Champions League next year? Um, like, what is the rate? And, you know, Arteta's talked about this three, four-step process and how this season we've essentially been ahead of the curve, right? It sounds like step one or step two of this project was qualify for the Champions League, and we did that with seven, eight games to spare, which is ridiculous, really, because mm-hmm. that's what this team was built to do, and we we smashed that. So... Yes, there's disappointment we did we didn't win the league, and you know we've discussed all of those reasons why. Um, but ultimately, it was just a time to celebrate, and I think everyone everyone kind of did. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and and in terms of reasons to celebrate, we talked about the good season, but the Xhaka situation is quite funny, right? Because he's not. It's not like he's officially leaving. <laughs> Yeah, like, he, like it's not, it's no, no, no one's. Yeah, because Liverpool announced like Firmino's leaving, right? Mm. Liverpool announced uh, all those players are out of contract and they're not being renewed. But Xhaka's got what a year left after this. Yeah, so no yeah, one yeah, said yeah. anything. You're right. So it's not a contract exactly. It's just that it's just been this. You know, it's been leaked through 
good tier sources, you know, in the, you know, Fabrizio Romano and others have been very explicit about it. I think Arteta had sort of alluded to like a we'll see type thing. Um, and I think because no one's come out and outright denied it, because there's nothing that has been subsequently leaked to the press to out- outright deny it, I think everyone's just accepted that he is leaving. Do you reckon that was um, deliberate? So he could get a send-off? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, because the club point. can't make an official announcement to say Granite Shack, like we've agreed a transfer fee, because we might not even have agreed a transfer fee, right? Um, officially. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it was one of those where the club kind of brief look he's a deal is very close to being done he's basically off this summer and you know it allowed him to kind of have the have the send-off because if we just found out like in three days time uh everyone would be like oh it's a bit of a weird way to go so i think it was if it was deliberate i'm glad they did it because i think he did deserve a send off like because he's had a good season and because just because of the story and the man that is Granite Xhaka. Great story. <laughs> the enigma. And he did a, indeed he did you a lot of personal favors. Yes. On the weekend, yes, didn't he? Exactly. So background, we the four Arsaholics, me, you, Raj, I mean me, you, Myers Nero, um, we have a fantasy football draft league, which is if you haven't played it, you basically at the start of the season uh, pick your player and if you pick that player no one else can can pick that player and you go in order you basically like a NFL draft type thing you pick your players right so start the season um, for some reason I'm still not sure how this happened Myers has ended up with Harland and Kane up front in his team and he's obviously just stuck with that all season so he with basically zero effort was tied in with me in first place because <laughs> all he had to do is basically turn up and he'd get a minimum of like however many points he did so it was very very close um and i drafted in one of the unpicked players because he was obviously not one of the top midfielders in fantasy football was granite Xhaka, and uh he showed up a boy came good what a story what a yeah. story so i i managed to win that league by a couple of points uh, maybe a couple more like five we have a little points. bit of money on it so, right so that's helped yeah we have a bit of money the idea is that everyone contributes to buy the winner a shirt well that was an old shirt money <laughs> you can buy about you can buy a sleeve nowadays buy a sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> but um you yeah so granite jacka won me some money hey so thank you very much granite and you know apart from doing that you know eat which you know He's contributed a huge amount to you from that respect, but also, yeah. you know, as a as an ass player, this is not like, like you say, the story's been significant. It's been so unpredictable. We've gone. I almost don't want to go into a deep dive on it because he hasn't officially left yet. So it, it feels like, <laughs> you know, if he didn't leave, this is all completely unnecessary. But at the same time, maybe we should just talk about it a little bit because he's had such a good season. Um, you know, in relative terms, I suppose. Yeah, to, to, I suppose. I try and summarize right you know he, he was signed at time he was, he was he was a very young Borussia Mönchengladbach captain that we signed not m- most fans didn't really know that much about him but he was signed in the Wenger era um became a you know a, a, a mainstay in that midfield in that central midfield I think at the beginning everyone thought um generally the fans were quite pleased with him but then it felt like over time he became a little bit more divisive 
But the fact is, you know, he started under Wenger. Emery came in. He started under Emery. He started under Freddie for that very brief period after Emery. And he started under um, under under Arteta. Arteta, you know, according to Xhaka, Arteta effectively begged him to stay when Arteta took over. Said, you know, please stay. Give me a season and just, you know, Really, really begged him. So, you know, that in a in a brief articulation there, I think indicates that he's a play, he's a player that managers have loved. They've all tended to play him in a certain type of role, which has brought in some hairy moments. Um, because you know, he's someone who's proved to be fairly um fairly rash in in his defending. He's he's quite instinctive. Um, he plays at kind of full throttle and therefore, you know, has conceded some dangerous fouls and been sent off and, you know, but this season has been this really unpredictable uh, role that he's had, which I don't think anyone saw coming, which is this kind of number eight role. So he's been playing in a progressed role uh, in a role where, you know, when we are in possession, we tend to basically go five up top and he tends to be one of those players. No one saw that coming. He's done really well. I wouldn't say phenomenally well, but he's done, He's done really well, um, you know, much better than anyone expected him to, particularly, I think, in that first half of the season where I think he was, he was, you know, scoring a fair amount of goals. Um, it's been such an interesting journey, hasn't it, Aaron? Like, do you, do you feel a sense of regret that we didn't use him in a role like this previously? Do you, do you think that other managers, um, you know, should have known and should have done better? Yeah, it's easy to say that in hindsight. I think the issue really is that we're a very different team now. The system we play, the tactics we play are very different. And, you know, Shaka now is surrounded by very, very good players. And I think actually the mistake we probably made in earlier years was actually, I don't think we should have built a team around Granite Shaka, uh, which is kind of what we did, right? With him at the base of our midfield, we put a lot of, dependency on him being defensively good and him being the kind of catalyst to the way we build out which was a bit different to the way we built out like the way we built out from deep back then and um he he was never bad at kind of the build-up play that was always one of his strengths and that's why he always got picked because i think managers recognized that he was very crucial to the kind of he was just a good midfielder right he's a good player on the ball but yeah, the the, uh, the first four or five years of his season, like his time with us, was always about the errors, right? Always about the errors and the the tantrums. And I've said this a few times, Granit Xhaka is great, but you kind of accept that he costs you three to six points every season because he just does something dumb. Um, and actually moving him forward gets the best out of him. It minimizes his liabilities. But actually, I think just as a player, he's just become more sensible and we've surrounded him with better players and you know you can see the limitations in his game like i think you've said this a few times now right if you add a if you get granite jacker and you replace him with a a goal scoring midfielder in that position you really add a lot to the team and he he's not that so we've kind of seen where he goes but no i'm glad like i've always said that we should sell him this summer and uh i'm glad he can go like this because it helps it helps financially that we're selling a a good player a good premier league midfielder now and um 
just in terms of his story, like all the stuff that went on, um, it's you know, I'd rather he went out on a high like this than you know the way someone like Ozil or Abamyang went out, which was a very different vibe. It's a really good point. He's definitely leaving on a high, isn't he? Like in like you say, those players who some of those players that you mentioned contributed way more statistically than than Jacker did to the to the success of Arsenal, but have left as very maligned figures. So it's a really good point. The the thing that surprised me about his potential departure is it does sound like it's been driven by him. Whether that's true or not. Um, because it could be very untrue and it could actually be that he prefers this narrative and the club are fine with that narrative. Um, you know, it sounds very much like it's something that he has decided that he wants to do. Um, the bit that surprised me is that he's not played Champions League football with Arsenal. And is that true? Is it? I thought I feel it like was true. I think he's never finished in the top four, but I feel like his first season when he joined, we were in the Champions League. Uh, I've lost you in the sound, so I'm... Uh, carry on talking, mate. Okay, I will carry on talking. Make sure I'm not on mute. But, um, no, yeah, I believe that in his first season with us, we were in the Champions League. And we then have since subsequently not qualified for the Champions League. So that's... I believe, I'm sure when you come back, Raj, you'll fact check this, but um, that was my opinion. I didn't hear anything. I assume that you you did. Okay, basically I said that (laughs) for the third time, because the second time when you were gone, I just said things really slowly (laughs) and I hope you'd come back quickly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I just said, I think in his first season, we we were in the Champions League, but since he's been here, he's never guided us to Champions League football. He's never been in a team that's qualified for the Champions League. Okay. So he joined us in 2016. Yeah. So. Um, okay. I'm not reading any. Hmm. I'm not reading anything. Because. Yeah. Anyway, let's not dwell on it too much. Um, oh, does he have any? Hmm, I don't know, mate. I don't know. Um, all right, let's not draw it too much. We can sum up anyway. Anyway, so all right, let, let's um, whatever. Okay, I suppose whatever the case. Let's just say um, let's say he did or he didn't. I was surprised that given that we've now qualified for the Champions League after this hiatus, um, that he didn't feel like there was a last hurrah with Arsenal left. But perhaps he knew and he saw the writing on the wall that we're trying to get in new central midfielders and didn't want to have a season as a bit part player. I'm again a little bit, um, a bit surprised at it, but you know, there are rumors of, of other reasons. There are rumors that, you know, his, his, for family reasons, he wants to go back there. Um, I think it's a bit hot. I feel a bit, that narrative is a bit harsh, right? Because you, you, you feel like stuff like this, when stuff like that seems to leak, people start almost being like, Oh, it's the wife's fault that he wants to leave. And you know, it's, you never know whether that's sort of sort of true, right? It might genuinely be him in, in the best interest for his family or whatever. But whatever the case, by Leverkusen, nice move. Um and let, you know, seeming apparently it's about 15 million euros or something like that. It's not bad. Put it in the put it in the coffers and and uh, he's probably on okay wages. I don't think he's on any super wages, he's on okay wages. So it's again, it's 
it's contributing to a much needed, I think, upgrade um, in that department. Um, but I mean, other other reasons to celebrate, I think, on um, on Sunday, mate. Like, uh, you know, Odegaard really. I, he didn't. He didn't score. Did he? I, I, I've started to forget who scored all the goals. Um, he didn't score now because it was no, it was um, no. Jaka twice, Saka, Kivior, and um, and Hey Jesus, wasn't it? Um, yeah. But you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day, right? Like our front, um, well, not our front three, but our three supporting Odegaard. You know that the kind of attacking midfield trio or whatever you want to call it, Martinelli. Odegaard and, and Saka. If you think about it, I think I think they've cost us a combined forty million or something like this. Um, Bargain. That's insane, isn't it? That's absolutely insane. If you think about the market value of all three players right now, yeah, it is. They're they're phenomenal, and it was good to see Saka get a goal, which I thought he took really well. And then, um, no, I think Odegaard. He was just he looked like he was back to his best and look, I know it's hard to judge individual player performances in a game where Wolves didn't really look bothered. <laughs> like after the second goal, when Granit Xhaka scores two against you, they're done. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> we're not winning this game. This game is all about the narratives. They're just there to play the part of the opponents that will n- never really be remembered except for the fact they turned up. Um, so look, they, and they played their part very well. You know, I'm very grateful for Wolves for not trying because it would have been rubbish if they'd tried and it was a scrappy 1-0 win or a 1-0 loss. But no, it was nice. It was that front three. We've been really lucky that actually, except for the Jesus injury, most of them have been basically fit for the whole season. I mean, Martinelli, I guess we lost him for the last couple of games. Um, and, you know, they're just so young and you just get really excited to see actually they will be better next season they would have learned from this and gone one up and carried on improving so i'm really looking forward to seeing what they do okay um apologies for all the technical errors um no idea what is going on with our with our stuff um i clearly need to invest in some new hardware in the preseason, but um we're gonna actually have to wrap up early there um partly because of the technical issues and just something has come up on Aaron and side. So uh, we will call it there. We are certainly going to be recording again over the preseason to do a proper preseason um, review um, preview rather. And also just, you know, have a think about the positions that we need to strengthen in and see what some of the outgoings could be. There's certainly a lot of work that's left to do to get us to the level where Quite clearly, Arteta and Edu think we need to go. And I think we would all agree that the team's gone in a fantastic direction over this season. So based on all that and based on these last few weeks of the season, um, where things you know haven't quite got to the level that we wanted them to get to, you can absolutely see that there's going to be um, some real ambition, I think, in this window. So anyway, for now, I'm going to leave it there thank you everyone for listening to the podcast and um take care and we'll speak to you soon thank you bye-bye